0: Welcome to Daily Audio Bible Chronological. Today is January 1st, and maybe you are in need of a brand new start. Maybe you're in need of a reminder of a brand new start. Today is your day. I'm Jill. It's so good to be here with you on another journey through the Bible in chronological order. If you are brand new, welcome. What does chronological mean? It's such a great question. The chronological Bible is written in historic events as best as scholars and theologians have gathered over the years. It is not laid out book by book, chapter by chapter, but rather broken books and chapters kind of jump around in order of historic events. So, if you are new and trying out Chronological, I'm so glad that you are here. My daughter China and I usually share the space. China is on maternity leave for the next few months as she gave birth to her second daughter. And China is the founder of Chronological. She began reading the New Testament for kids when she was 11 years old. And she's no longer 11. <laughs> she has grown with the Bible in the changes of her life taking it past kids to teen years and then moving on to chronological so she will be back later in this year and we will alternate week after week that is the plan as of right now that is subject to change as she is a new mom to two beautiful girls and because we are two different people we come at this with two different approaches We ask for your grace and room for our own individuality when that time comes. You may find that you prefer one of us more than the other. That's okay. We are not in competition with each other. We are here for you to be in an intimate relationship with God through His Word. That is our goal. That is what we care about. That is the objective. And we thank you for your grace and understanding and allowing us to be who we are and who God created us to be. I will give you some tips as we go if you are brand new in how to maximize your experience through the Bible and kind of what this community is all about. If you are not new, welcome back. It's so good to have you on this journey with me as we embark on another year through God's word and how beautiful that the word for this year is truth. And so I pray that we will all lean into that as God reveals truth to us in a whole new way. These words can be scary. We think we have an idea of what they mean and how they will be walked out (laughs) throughout the year. And I can promise you that if you really embrace it and lean into it, it will be nothing, nothing, As you expected. And there is some good in that, and there's some hard in that, but I don't think hard is bad. It's just hard. Back to my first timers. We will read scripture. There's usually a short explanation of the reading for the day. We pray together. There's small announcements, and then you'll hear calls. And these are calls from the people, the community, the people that listen to the Bible who either need prayer or want to pray for someone in this community. It's a beautiful piece of that. And I will give you instruction at the end of how to do that. So that's the format. Some days there's a song to reiterate the message of what was just spoken. And some days there's just room for reflection. So we listen and are guided by the spirit of God as we read, as we listen, and as we hear. So, here we are, at the very beginning. Let's jump in. Today we're reading Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3, and this week we'll be reading it in the New International Version. We will read one translation per week and start a new translation on a brand new week. We do this because sometimes you just hear things differently. They have different meaning, different perspective through different translation that we would normally never pick up and read again you may find preference for a certain translation and you may not like certain translations we ask for your grace there too grace she will have to be present with us all year long and that's okay genesis chapter one in the new international version in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth now the earth was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the waters and god said let there be light and there was light god saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness god called the light day and the darkness he called night and there was evening and there was morning the first day and god said let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said "Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea, and every living thing with which the water teems, and that moves about in it according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the lamb produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, That has the breath of life in it. I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden, from there it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Hevala, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Ashur. And the fourth river is the Euphrates, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals. The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate it. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers, He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will make your pains and childbearing very severe. With painful labor you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. which complexity of this story do we take on today there are so many there's not enough time do we tackle the fact that god created the entire heavens and earth and if you've ever stopped to just consider the beauty in the natural state of creation that god stood back and called it good not amazing not perfect good let's not underestimate the power of good secondly he rested on day seven but there seems to be seven days as a part of the whole plan of creation point being how much are we resting how much are we implementing rest into our lives our week our sabbath the end of our day or are we going 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 doing 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 more trying to be more Can we just see that God modeled rest as a part of the very beginning? Well, let's go to the complexity of man and woman. Let's first note that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. We bear the image of God since the very first creation of man is made in the very image of Of God. After man is created from the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into, God planted a garden with very firm instruction. You can eat anything, anything in this garden, but do not touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then God declares it's not good for him to be alone, he'll make him suitable helper. Here's the interesting thing. Adam finds nothing in creation thus far suitable for himself. So God gives one of his greatest gifts, a nap, and Eve is created from Adam. Let's get the complexity of this. God creates the heavens and the earth. He creates man. He plants a garden. He creates animals, calls creation thus far very good allows adam to find a suitable helper and he cannot find anything amongst creation thus far suitable so god goes back to his handiwork and creates woman from man i love the dissection of this part of the story so much because women have had to fight in society to find their voice Their rights. I'm saying just maybe a hundred years or so ago, women didn't have the right to vote in the United States. The beauty in the details is that God went back to create something that was not yet found amidst his creation. And woman was not an afterthought, she was an intention. She was an intentional part of. The addition of creation, the more, the what was not yet there to be found suitable. So let's get those complexities of the story out of the way because they could all be elaborated on and we could just stay there for a while. But we have to talk about the fall. This affects everything after this part of the Bible until the very end. There's a really important line in the reading in the second chapter, the 25th verse, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Let's just sit with those three words for a second, naked and unashamed, boy, wouldn't that be nice to stand naked and unashamed? We could spin the details back and forth of who's to blame was Adam's passivity that he didn't stand up to the serpent to blame was the naivety of Eve to blame can the crafty cunning sneaky deception of the serpent be to blame or can all things be true here we know that according to scripture Eve does give instruction from God to not touch the fruit in the middle of the garden or they will die the serpent then deceives her that if she does her eyes will be opened and she will be like God knowing good and evil they already were like God they were in perfect intimacy with God naked and unashamed After the fall, after the act of eating the fruit that God specifically said not to, their eyes were opened and they realized their state of nakedness, which causes them to cover themselves. In shame, they covered the state in which God created them to be because. They responded and reacted to the very instruction God told them not to because of deception, naked and unashamed. How many masks do we wear in our own lives to hide our own shame, to hide our own disobedience, to hide our own sin to hide our truest selves in hopes to please people that we are not even in relationship with. It is a heavy question and the answer can be crushing. And this, this is what the word of God should do for us. It should cause us to look inward at our own selves instead of take the word and beat someone over the head that you want them to see what it is that you want them to see when what we really need to do is pull from scripture today adam and eve's eyes were opened to their own disobedience if we look at the bible like a mirror we look down we look inward we see what it pulls from our own selves to apply, knowing that these scriptures were written in a certain time for a specific people in a specific place, but they are applicable when we allow space, when we pause and give and listen and let our ears be opened and our eyes to see that which God longs to show to each of us individually. And if you have an issue with shame, like I have had a very unhealthy relationship with shame, then you know that shame can be crushing. Crushing. But know that the voice of the Holy Spirit comes to convict, not condemn. The instruction of God is to guide us. So let's not get stuck in shame. Not yet, it's too soon. And if you're struggling with that in this moment, I want you to think and say this out loud. I was made in the very image of God. What God breathes life into will live. And what is dead, he will bring to life again when we allow him to. Jesus, as we embark on a brand new year, give us eyes to see ears to hear, and hearts to receive all that you would say and do in us, among us, and through us, through your word. Have your way. Pray this now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.